Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, my friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truths. We are in Jeremiah chapter 3. We're kind of mid-message in the life and ministry of Jeremiah. It's actually toward the beginning of his ministry. And God is using Jeremiah as he does for 40, 50 years of faithful ministry. And Jeremiah really in his lifetime never had the encouragement of a listening audience, a receptive listening audience, I should say. Uh, God told him when he called him as a young man, Jeremiah, I know you're young, but I'm going to give you a message and you're going to preach this message and people are not going to like it. But don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed at their faces. Sometimes the message from God's word is negative. Sometimes as Christian leaders, even moms and dads, we have to say things that our followers do not want to hear. And yet faithfulness in leadership and ministry sometimes requires us to say the unpalatable things. And that's what Jeremiah is doing here. As he talks about things like repentance, he talks about things like backsliding. He talks about things like acknowledging your sin. But remember, there's always hope. And a good biblical counselor will always orient his people to hope because with God, there's hope. And last episode, we began to talk about how how there's going to come a day when there's not even a need for the symbols of God's presence, like the Ark of the Covenant. As important and as, as impressive as that piece of furniture was, it doesn't hold a candle to the actual presence of God. And one day, Jesus, God the Son, will rule, physically rule, from the throne of Jerusalem. Now, that, that day is still yet future, but what a day that will be. Look, look at verse number 17 of our text, Jeremiah three seventeen. At that time... They shall call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord. I think we talked about that last episode, didn't we? That Jerusalem won't be a place where the Ark of the Covenant is behind some thick curtain. Remember at the resurrection, or rather the, yes, the, the uh, I'm sorry, the, the death of Jesus, how the veil, that, that, that thick curtain of the temple was ripped in twain, ripped in two. Why? Because by the blood of Jesus Christ, through the finished work of Jesus on the cross, there is now access. There is now that entrance into that holy place. And as New Testament believers, we can come boldly to the throne of grace. But physically, I mean physically in the millennial kingdom of Christ, he will sit upon a throne in Jerusalem. Look at verse number 17 again. So at that time, they shall call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord, and and all the nations shall be gathered unto it to the name of the Lord to Jerusalem. So all the nations are going to gather, and I love how it says it, to the name of the Lord. So right now, the nations of the world 
uh, they worship and they serve under many different banners, under many different names. But there's coming a day when there will be a one world government that will be a good world government. It'll be a government run by Jesus from Jerusalem. And the purpose of the temple at that time will have been fulfilled. And that is, it'll be a place of gathering for all nations. If I understand my Bible correctly, there will be yearly pilgrimages during the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, where we will come and and worship before the Lord himself to look upon his face, to see him physically. What a day, what a day. And so when the Bible says here in verse number 17, that all nations shall be gathered, that's a literal, that's a literal thing that will happen. I, I see in John chapter two, how Jesus referred to that. Remember when he cleansed the, the temple in his ministry, in his public ministry, that he said, you've taken my father's house and you've made it a den of thieves, but it's supposed to be a place of prayer for all nations. There's always been in the heart of God a desire for all people to come to the Lord. For God so loved the world, not just his chosen nation in Israel. And the fact is, God set his love upon Israel for the purpose of loving the world through Israel. So it's not that God loved Israel to the exclusion of the world. No, it's that he loved God inclusively through his people, Israel. What a wonderful God we serve. So in verse number 17, uh, they will gather uh, unto it, unto Jerusalem, to the name of the Lord, to Jerusalem. Neither shall they walk any more after the imagination of their evil heart. There's coming a day when people will worship him in spirit and in truth. And they won't make decisions based upon their own human delusion or their own the wickedness of the, the inner part of their heart. But there will be a heartfelt, sincere, gathered worship of Jesus. Don't you love those services in church or in revival meeting or maybe at a camp or a conference where It just seems as if God is working and people are singing from their heart. Now, we don't really know if everyone's being sincere. We don't know if everyone's focused in or maybe if they're just mouthing the words. But won't it be a wonderful day when every nation, tribe, and kingdom gathers and one big mighty choir of worship singing from sincere hearts to Jesus? It's going to be wonderful. So Jeremiah is preaching a message here in time and space of backsliding. Uh, Repent, he says. You're acting like an adulterous wife. That's all negative. But don't you love how God brings a positive and preferable future into view? He always provides hope. Look at verse number 18. In those days, still speaking about those future days, in those days, the house of Judah shall walk with the house of Israel. They shall come together out of the land of the north to the land that I have given for an inheritance unto your fathers. So even though Israel has been obliterated, even though Israel no longer exists as a nation, and even though its people are scattered, Jeremiah points to a day when Israel and Judah 
together will be reunited to serve God. I see several great truths here. First of all, in a physical sense, today, since 1948, we are seeing a regathering of Israel, aren't we? And the land that used to be Israel, not all of it, but much of it, is now part of Israel again. And the land that comprised Judah, not all of it, but a good part of it, is now Israel today. So in a sense, there is a reunification of that area uh, to the people of God. But there will come a day when God will bring the people back together in a spiritual sense. And there's great unity. Why? Because in Christ, there's restoration. In Christ, there's great unity and repair. Look at verse number 19. But I said, this is the Lord asking a rhetorical question in verse number 19. But I said, how shall I put thee among the children and give thee a pleasant land, a goodly heritage of the host of nations? The rhetorical question is, is, is valid. You know, how's God going to do that? And really, uh, maybe even the question, why? Why would God do that? I mean, if I were the Lord, I would just kind of zap these people and move on. And yet God honors his word, his covenant. He's true to his love and commitment to his people. And so the question stands, how shall I put thee among the children and give thee a pleasant land, a goodly heritage of the hosts of nations? You know, why would God be so good to people that are so bad? Look at the answer in verse number 19, and I said. So God asks the rhetorical question and that God answers his own question. And I said, thou shalt call me my father and shalt not turn away from me. How am I going to do it? Because I'm going to repair the relationship. It's going to be like at the beginning. You're going to call me by my relational name. I love what the Apostle Paul said to the Galatian believers. He said, when, when God does a work of grace in our hearts, uh, not, not, a, a not, not the legalism of trying to perform for God, but the grace when God gets involved in our heart, we, we cry unto him like he's our Abba Father, our Abba Father, uh, our Dad. And, and God says, I'm going to do this work in their heart and restore this relationship among them. What, what a great and powerful truth that is, that God not only restores us to a place, not only restores us to a position, doesn't just restore us to a, a people, or the restoration of the nation and the family, but he restores us to himself. And that's the essence of restoration, that man can be re reunited with God. That's the grand redemptive story of the Bible. God created, man fell. God initiated a rescue plan. And that rescue plan includes body, soul, and spirit. And one day there'll be the culmination of all things when God will make all things new. That's part of what we're talking about today. Well, I hope that helps. We're gonna go ahead and stop there in uh, verse number 19. Uh, we'll do our best to uh, finish the chapter next episode. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.